Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napolitan. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life, more business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today I have Broncar Lee on the show. He is an artist and we always talk about starving artists. Well, this guy's gone beyond. Not only has he been able to provide for his family, but he is a family man. He's not on the road gigging after gigging. Not that he didn't do that in his life, but how did he transform to be able to have more business and more life? Let's find out. Broncar, welcome to the show. This is the first time on the podcast, but you've been on my TV series twice already. So this is actually technically the third time that we've had a show together. So welcome once again, brother. Great to be here, brother. <laughs> it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I think, you know, as you know, this is the More Business, More Life podcast. So we're going to talk exactly about that. You know, a lot of the listeners want to hear like how, and you being a husband and a father, and very, very passionate about your life's work. How do you integrate? That's like a key word for us. Instead of like life work balance, you know, we found that it's more appropriate to say integrate. Like how, how do you integrate this family life with your, with your work life? Dude, I'm so passionate about this. It's, it's been a journey. And literally right before we jumped on here, I was upstairs mixing music while my boys were playing, I was like in the garage, which we've turned into like a jam space. And they're like climbing on stuff and playing. And I'm literally in the corner mixing. Uh, I'm working on a new album and I'm mixing the tracks right there. And I'm playing it through this giant speaker where they're hearing it and they're hearing me mix the tracks while they're playing and we're interacting. So it is a total legit 100% integration. There is no separation. You know, we we work out of our house, like we have office space in the basement. I have a recording studio. We do soundtracks here. We do videos here. Um, we have all our computer, you know, it's the, it's the big boy area, you know, the adult area. Uh, no kids allowed in certain parts, but literally I'm upstairs like with them doing work while I'm with like engaging with them. Yeah. That's amazing. And it was it always that way or like what when did it click where you're like, hey, I'm gonna mix this with them? Did that like did that like register? Did it just happen by accident? Or did you actually say, you know what, I'm gonna plug a speaker in so they can hear what I'm doing? Like, how did this come about? It's it's been an evolution, man. It's just like one, it's you know, it wasn't just like an epiphany moment of like a single, you know, experience that happened where it was like it transformed my life. It's been like micro steps in this direction. So it was, you know, one event happened here, another event happened there, one happened here. And there was something that happened to me recently where, you know, because I do a lot of a lot of music, I record a lot of music, instrumental music, and then the meditation music and, and all that stuff. And as I was I was recording something and I was upstairs with them, with the boys, we have two very spirited boys. And uh, one is a redhead, curly hair, fireball absolute stereotype like fireball redhead and um and i was upstairs with them and i had an idea first for a for a, a a piece that would go into a track that i was mixing um and mastering and i was like i'm just gonna record it right now with like the microphone on the computer and i just hit record and they're in the room and i'm literally drumming on the tabletop and they're in the room just like making tons of noise and just being like blah, 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 blah. 
And I recorded it. And later it was just like for a scratch track. And later I went back and listened and it was amazing. It had this kid energy on it. And I was like, dude. And the song was called Elevate Your Mood, right? Elevate Your Mood. It's like, elevate your mood. Get up with this groove. And it's got this high energy. And dude, these kids were screaming in the background, just like they were doing the thing that I was singing about. And I was like, this is perfect. And I left it in the mix for the final version because it sounded so good. And so it's little moments like that where I just kind of surrender and say, you know what? Um, because of like the situation, I did this, right? And and then because of that, this magical thing kind of came out of it. And now I can't like ignore that. It's perfect. So it's almost like a liberation in a sense of kind of getting out of my own way and trying to, trying to, 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 to surrender to the moment and, and release the need or the desire to be absolutely perfect. It's so beautiful because then it's even more perfect in a crazy oxymoron way. And, you know, it makes me think of, how you're bringing life into everything that you're doing because that is life having children and you know i've been reading about patagonia they um they had everyone since the beginning bring their children to work and since 1983 they officially had a child development center for all of their employees to bring their children they still have it to this day and now some of the kids that used to come into there now work for patagonia so it's like this lifelong thing and they said that uh, having the children there made everything they do matter more because it's like you actually, you weren't like putting on this like business suit and being business now and then being family later. It was like, no, we're living. And I often say, when do you, when people say, are you a business coach or a life coach? And I'm like, well, when do you die when you go to work? We, we yeah. don't, it's all, it's all life. Yeah. And I couldn't help but to think about this as you're saying your story because this you're living you're being a father a musician a coach a speaker you're doing all these things and you really are the epitome of that word integration um and it's not always balanced that's why i like to get away from that because some moments you're going to be full in on a certain thing like speaking on stage that's like full in right yeah yeah no kids <laughs> and then there's going to be other moments you're f- and then other moments you're full in with the kids yes Totally. And it takes 100% of your attention. And then other times like this, you can integrate the both. Um, so and well, well done, brother. Like, well done, man. Thanks, man. And, and also, I just thought of another note on that is sometimes because because you, you mentioned, you know, some of the other things that I do besides just music. And I also do a lot of coaching. And when I'm coaching with with people like the the one to one sessions, and I'm sending them voice voice messages. So many times the kids, I'm with the, I'm with the boys, right? And we're like right. outside and they're riding bikes or doing something. I'm like coaching this person, right? And giving them feedback on, you know, an issue that they're having or what, whatever they're going through. And then my kids are there and I'm, while I'm coaching them, I, I pause for a moment. I'm still recording and I start coaching the kids. And oftentimes the people that I'm, that I'm coaching, they, they send a response back and they go, dude, I got more from when you were coaching your kids than when you were coaching me. <laughs> It's like, all right. (laughs) There's no coincidences. I I really, as I've gotten older, I've realized there's no coincidence. So the fact that your children needed that advice right while you're recording for that particular client is is amazing that those things happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, so it just makes it more real. And, you know, I think there was a time and it still happens to this day where people go, Oh, I have to be professional. I need to be in this professional. Yeah. They would never even do that. It'd be like, Hey kids, be quiet. I dad has to work, you know, like, uh, and there are, like you said, there are times where we have the adult room or, Hey, we're recording a podcast right now. So I'm going to go to the room that I can have it be quiet. Right. Yep. So we can still facilitate those things, but then we're also just being real, you know? Absolutely. And then another th- moment I had, and this is just, and I'm just sharing these ideas as they come out because I feel like people can relate to them somehow, right? When, when the boys were babies, um, I remember wearing Elijah on my chest and I had one of those like baby Bjorn pouches and I would wear them on my chest and I would be on calls with like the people in the leadership team from like, like a global company or something. And they've got like their top 20 leaders and I'm on the call and I've got Elijah on my chest. And I say, I I, I remember this one particular moment where I told everybody, I said, Hey, I just want to let everybody know I'm on daddy duty right now. And if you, if you hear something that sounds like there's a baby crying, it's because there's a baby crying and he's on my chest right now. And everybody was like, Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. And you know, and that, and that, that is what I find more and more people are like, they're, instead of being upset that you're not being professional, they're actually uh, engaging. So I think we're coming to a shift in, uh, in society now where it's more important to live, you know, and I should have always been this way. It's sad to even say that we had to shift back to this because I think a little of this is going backwards to go forward because, you know, they're, it wasn't always this way. We can look at history where families were more together and people ate together and had you know meals together. And in parts of the world, that's still very common. And then sad to say, in a lot of American cities, that's not the case. And I think it, you know, it makes me think of like really, you know, and I know this word is kind of diluted, but authenticity, uh, that word comes to mind to me. And th- there's a lot of versions of it that I've heard thrown around, obviously, you know, but I feel like there's this authenticity that people are seeking now. And that's why YouTube has become so popular because it's just, it's more authentic. It's more real. It's not, it's not, um, ultra choreographed and, you know, it's not perfectly polished and manufactured and made to look, you know, uh, holier than thou, right. Or like on this pedestal, it's, it's more relatable. And I feel like people are seeking more of an experience and a connection than like a lecture or being talked at, or, you know, told what to do or any of this stuff. It's like we influence by, by that, that authentic connection with people. It's so true. And then also as a leader, I often say people are going to watch us more than listen to us. And so to be seen authentically and not to sugarcoat it, then it becomes real. And, you know, it's crazy as a speaker myself, one of the biggest compliments I've gotten in the last couple of years, I come off stage and people go, you're so real. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and like, and, and thank you for being real. And, you know, that statement is, is I could take it as a compliment, but it makes me happy and sad. It makes me happy that they see me, but also makes me sad that it's not, that that's not the norm, you know, that they have to go out of the way to say that, like, shouldn't that always be the way it is? You know, just saying that out loud, you know, that's, so that's what goes through my mind and I'm happy that I am that. And I'm, and I'm just real, like what you see is what you get. And I've always thought that way from being like a speaker, many speakers. And even when I first started, you start to look at how could I be better? What can I look like? I make fun of myself on stage. I'm like, oh, I messed that up. Or I make up a word. I'm like, I don't think that's a word. And everyone goes, yeah, that's not a word, Steve, from the audience. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I just keep rolling with it because uh, I think the more we put ourselves on a pedestal like that, that you brought up, like 
then we remove ourselves from others instead of being you we want to be with people not talk, like not talk to them not be above them you know so i love what you're saying and then i think this goes back to what patagonia says what you're finding in your own experience is the more that we're real and authentic right like that we're just showing our life and being real hey i am a dad and yes i have a kid strapped on my and i'm here for you and i'm yeah. here for you you know yeah yeah and and also that made me think because my, my background you know before I got into keynoting and speaking and coaching and some different things like that my background was entertainment and the whole um, for the most part like ninety nine percent of entertainment is about doing something that is superhuman or doing something that is uh, talented or that the audience can't do right it's like musician and also circus and it was like in circus you it's all about being better than everybody. It's like, whoa, did you see that? That was amazing. How did they do that? They're so talented, whatever. The whole game or gimmick or strategy is to be so much like better than the audience, you know? And it was like, once I got past that, I was like, wait a second, this is just creating disconnect. And it's the reason why I say that is because people would leave a show going, wow, that guy was so amazing, man. I wish I was talented like that. And it was like, that's not the effect that I want to have at all. I want to like make it relatable to people to where they're leaving saying, man, I feel like I was part of an experience and I'm inspired to go and try something new or I'm inspired to go, you know, do this or do this or try that. And it was like, that's the, that was ultimately the thing because I think when after a presentation or a session or whatever, I imagine that the attendee, right, is going home and then they're, and then they've received a gift. And what, what is inside of that gift ultimately defines me as a person, right? Regardless of what I think, what's in that box, what's in that package defines me. That's my essence. That's the imprint I left on that person. And I imagine them opening that up and I imagine them opening that up and seeing what's inside. And I, and I ask myself that and I'm like, what do I want? What do I want to, to, to be presenting inside of that, that, that gift? And to me, it's like, I want it to be a feeling of empowerment. You know, I want people to be inspired. I want them to be like catalyzed by something and not like a picture of my face or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Right. Because that's, that's, what, that's the best gift we can give is to empower others, not make them feel like I can never be like Bronca or I can never be like Steve because then that's yeah. disempowering and it doesn't serve the audience for, for what we want. And, you know, and it's beautifully said. And I think it's, and that is being real, right? And so, you know, and if you think of every superhero, they always have like a kryptonite, like Superman is kryptonite or whatever it is. You know, that's, uh, I was, I heard um, Stan Lee talk and he said, if you ever write a comic book and you write it where they're like, uh, perfect and nothing is wrong with them, then the audience can't relate. Yeah. So that's why every superhero, that's why Spider-Man was like all time biggest because there's a kid that's like got all these superpowers, but then he is still the geeky kid at school and trying to date girls and getting picked on in the hallway. <laughs> and little do they know that he could like slam them if he yeah, wanted right, to, right. right? You know, yeah. so it's relating to that. And I, and I love that. And we can geek out on that. I'm just curious. Like, I kind of want to skip around a little bit with you. Please, man. I'm, a, I'm, I'm ADD to the max, bro. You know yeah, perfect. So let's go. So I'm curious with all this integration in your family, which I'm most curious about, especially with the whole more business, more life. Um, you know, that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. How, did, was it always this way? Or like when you became a dad, there was still like, you know, was it, was it all? always like this integrated or did you have challenges where you're like, Oh man, I want, I wish I could be with my family more, but I got to do this work. Like, 
what I guess I'm looking for like what it was like before and most importantly, like what was the turning point? I know you said it was an evolution, but is there, cause what about the other parents out there that are not having the experience you're having and they don't even know where to start? Like, I guess I'm looking for like, what was, if you could let your mind go back to like when you started to make these choices, like what, what was the, where's the first part, I guess. Does that yeah. make sense? Well, I think, well, you know, and you and I have worked together, you know, uh, you've been a, a mentor to me and a friend and a lot of things, you know, we've collaborated, we've, you know, supported yeah. each other. And I've learned so much from you, bro. You know, just, just about, you know, there's a lot of places I could go with this, but the first thing that comes to mind that I'll touch on is creating that client value journey that you talk about often. Right. And really creating something. Cause again, my background was entertainment, keynoting, live performance, right. And that was it. And I consider that to be more of a job, a really, 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 really cool job. Right. right. I'm, I'm, I'm not cleaning porta potties. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it, it could be, there's a lot of jobs that aren't as cool as that, but that that's a job. In other words, I punch in by packing up my gear, going to TSA, doing all the rigmarole, staying in hotels, which is still amazing, but that's what I get paid for, which is different than what the client pays for. And then, um, and it was so kind of like I would punch in and I would go do the thing versus building a client value journey, which is basically building scalable product and having more than just a keynote or just a performance or a concert or whatever. And so once I started building that, and building my client value journey and building more product, more content that I could then scale, it suddenly changed everything. And then my focus wasn't on, I got to do like 50 dates this year. I got to do whatever that, that number is, you know, cause there was at one point in my life, this was before kids that I did 407 shows in one year. That's a lot of shows. And, wow. uh, and, and in fact, when my second son was born, I had to leave my wife and Nico at the hospital the day after he was born to go get on a plane and do at five states in five days, at five keynotes in five days, which is again, super grateful. I'm not complaining. I'm very grateful for that, 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 that job, right. To have that, but it required me being away. And that was so painful to leave them at the hospital. I didn't get to see Nico meeting Elijah, my, my older son. I didn't get to see them meeting for the first time. I didn't get to see Nico come home from the hospital. I didn't, you know, there was just some special times there that I didn't get to see. And, um, and so there was definitely when it was the one trick pony that it, it required me to be away all the time. But when I actually built a business and the cool part about building the business was as I was building more product, um, you know, more scalable product. And, uh, uh I, I really, I really started to understand the value that I was offering the world. And I got clear on that. And you know this about me, but right. getting clear on what my value is, um, has been, has been a game, has been a psychological game. You know, the internal, the internal dialogue has had to have been, you know, assessed and rewritten and argued with and back and forth. And so for me to understand what value it is that I offer the world really started to show up and give me the feedback when I started creating content or product that lived outside of me. And I think it's because I could look at that product from a distance without being inside of it. I was suddenly outside of the bottle and saying, hey, here's a bottle. Would you like a bottle? And it was like, I wasn't the, the thing in the bottle anymore. I was outside. And so I was able to see, oh, hey, actually that content's pretty cool. Or actually that music is really healing. Or actually, oh man, that was, you know what I mean? I could see that value. So I think that was probably one of the biggest 
uh, game changing, like, you know, elements in, in, in my business for me. Wow. Yeah. So just being able to, well, so for one, what I hear is building a business, right? I mean, so having your ability to take your value and put that into a product or service that then you can work around your life, right? So you're designing the best way to give that value to those customers, clients, whatever you want to call them, and be able to do that around your life. So by doing this, you're able to design it because there's lots of ways to give the value you give. And you've proved that because you've been on stage, you've toured, you've done all these you know, uh, gigs and you're out there and you're giving value and that worked, but you could also give value in another way. So it's kind of what I'm hearing is like also just being willing, you were willing to pivot. You were willing to change and say, Hey, how else can I do this and still use your great value? You didn't, you know, cause I hear people too, that are artists like you. I can't tell you how many musicians I've I've met that are amazing. And they're like, yeah, I wish I could do that full time. But I gotta, I gotta work and be home because I'm a dad now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, so you know, wow. And I even got tingles saying that out loud, and it makes, it really makes me sad. Like when I hear people say that, and they're very talented people, and it's like, wait a minute, you, that's a choice. You don't have, yeah, to do it that way. And and so I just, I'm picking on that one thing that you made that choice. So, you know, and it's not always easy. I get it. Yeah. Like it's scary. And even you and I've talked about that. We've had yeah. fears in our life and even like moving from a gig, like even we can actually pick that like, but you were using your, your, your talents, but there was part I know, cause we've talked about this. So maybe I'm picking on you and hopefully you're okay. But like, there's a scary, there's a scary moment of like, Hey, do I like not go do those speaking gigs and create this you know, so maybe speak to that. How did you get the courage to make this decision and say, you know what? I don't have to take that gig. I could actually work from home today. Absolutely. The courage came from surrounding myself with the right types of people. Undeniably, like, you know, who we surround ourselves with, we become to a degree, right? And so like for, I mean, you've been a huge influence on my life, you know, and I'm not just here to blow smoke up your butt, but I am going to blow some smoke up your butt too. But like, <laughs> But like, you know, it, it really does come down to who you surround yourself with. And I've had amazing mentors in my life. I mean, I've had game-changing mentors, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And so for me, when I surround myself with people and align myself with people who are who are doing something that is congruent with what I believe in and that's that's built something that I'm interested in building, then I can learn, I can absorb that. So that's been a massive uh, part of that transition for me was being around, you know, people that have built a business and it really is more business, more life, you know, because you build more business, like you build more stuff and then you have more life. I mean, it really is true. Like, uh, like honestly, and you know, and I think, you know, the musician thing, like you were saying, it's tough, man. It's tough because musicians, it's a different way of thinking. Like there's, it really is. And I know a lot of people talk about this left brain, right brain, or this linear thinking and expansive thinking and all of this, but it's really true. Like, I feel like when I'm, when I'm recording music and I'm composing music and I'm, I'm doing that, or if I'm in a, a coaching session, I'm coaching somebody, uh, cause I, I like to blend the, the coaching and a little NLP and hypnosis with music and to do sound journeys and stuff. And when I'm doing that work, I'm definitely like in a totally different uh, mindset than when I'm like building uh, content and structuring like a system or building a website or a landing page or a, a brochure or whatever it is. It's like, there's different ways of thinking. And a lot of 
people, um, stereotypically, a lot of artists don't have the business, you know, know-how, right? The nuts and bolts. And it's not that they can't do it, right? Because I was like that at one point, you know, not that I'm a master now, but I've much better. And it's not that they can't do that. It's just that they don't have the tools and they don't have the influence and they don't have that, that mentorship or that coaching or that, or that, uh, uh, or the peers, right? The mastermind group or whatever it is, the like-minded community. They just don't have that. Um, and and it's just like having a band, you know, it's like when you have the band, you got all the different players, you come together and ultimately it's amplified. One plus one does not equal two. It equals three because you have the harmony and all of that. The same thing happens when you have, uh, people that you're in alignment with, like a coach, a mentor, or peers, um, when you get in in the groove with them, you you elevate its exponential increase in the potency of of what you can achieve together. It's uh, absolutely so true because I mean the believability comes, and then and you don't have to do it on your own. You're like seeing what other people are doing, and it just like it it does amplify all of the of the pieces and i often it reminds me so i come from the art background too not directly from the music although i always had an affinity towards it and you've been an influence on me with that because you brought me back to my desire to play music and be a part of that but when i went to film school the music get on back back to the music got to get back back to the music get on back go back to the music that was your musical interlude Go thank ahead. you it was perfect <laughs> i uh I am, I came from film, I went to film school. That's what I went to college for. And, and I quickly learned that it's not show play, it's show business, you know, mm-hmm. like it, and that hit me like an early, and that's how I started becoming a producer at a young age. I was like, wait a minute, we can't just make this stuff. No one's going to see it. I was asking my peers, I was like, <laughs> and they're like, why are you doing all this marketing stuff? It's so different than film. And I'm like, well, who's going to market your film? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I want people to see it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we got to, we got to. And so I started reading books and learning about that. And so I, I'm an artist as well. And, and I still am like, I, that's a big yeah. part of me and my DNA, but I had to learn business. And I, I'm lucky that I figured that out at a young age. And I just went on this quest to learn how to be a businessman as mm-hmm. well as an artist. And I think that blend has, um, yeah. And I didn't realize that too, even like hanging out with you, giving some kudos back to you. Like I didn't realize, like reminding myself that I am an artist because I think some part of me went so far business, I had to come back to the other side. Like, so it is that going back and forth, a little bit of ping pong um, and now further integrating the both. And I think you're in a place like that too, because you've done that too. And I think where you are right now in your career, it's like the, the furthest you've ever integrated. And I think I'm in the same place. You know, it's like, bringing it all together, all our talents. And now this is what's happening, you know? Yeah. And I see that in you. And what I've noticed too, with working with you in the music realm is, um, is that you've actually brought some of your business skill, knowledge, awareness into the like, you know, systematic way of approaching an instrument, right. Or, or, or music, which is right. You come in and you, you master the, the, you know, the mechanics, you do the drills, you do the exercise, you build the template, you do the thing, whatever it is. And then you can flow creatively. You can flow effortlessly. You can be in a conversation, right. And that's really what it is, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, well, you know, I'm learning for, for Elise, right? Like, so it's been one of the Beethoven songs that I've always like gravitated towards my whole life. I remember my cousin, one of my cousins had piano lessons since age four and he could always play that song so beautifully and he knew it too. So whenever he was around me, he'd play it for me. And I just was in awe of that song. And I still don't know why, but I'm so gravitated to that song. 
And, uh, and so I've been learning it. And, and uh, any of you that know the song, it starts off quite simple. There's still some technique I had to learn, but I'm getting to the more complicated parts. And I have to say I had a victory in the last week. Like one of the parts that I didn't think, like I actually thought in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play it. I played it this week. And now I don't even, I have it memorized. I can go to the piano and like any minute I can play that part of the song. And I'm like, whoa, I did it. I did it. You know? See, and play and playing for Elise, something like that, like taking a, a, a you know, a pretty complicated or high information piece like that is a great analogy for, for business too. Cause earlier you were asking, you know, kind of something like alluding to like, was there a, like a moment? And I was right. saying there wasn't like a moment where suddenly I was like liberated and I knew everything and it was like epiphany. Yes. It's a process and it's all of these micro steps to create this, this macro transformation that happens, you know, over weeks or months or years. Yeah. It was really, I mean, I've been working on this piece of music, so I think it's almost a year and a half since we got a piano. Now I had played it years ago. And then, um, when we moved to Australia, which is a while now, like seven years ago, like we sold our piano. And so then I only got a piano again, like a year and a half ago. And because of the native American flute also influenced by you, I've actually (laughs) not been on the piano as much, but I gravitated towards it in the last week. And, uh, and you're right. It's piece by piece. Cause I had to learn the right hand and I'm like, okay, there's the right hand. Yeah. And then, and then I had to figure out the left hand and then I had to kind of like relearn the right hand to make sure that it was in sync. And the reason it was so difficult is because it's got a rhythm on the left hand and like mm-hmm. something else going on in the right and they're blending together. So it's like playing drums, like any, I mean, that's a mastery right there to be able to like do something different with all four limbs, you know, like you're in a different yeah. uh, beat with your right foot on the bass drum or like, you know, and you're doing different things with the hi-hat and, and you're drumming and, you know, it, it's that, that goes to, back to this whole right brain, left brain, like you're like doing different things. And so, um, and anyways, but, it, but, but I did, but back to your point, I went way off on that is that <laughs> it's, it's uh, different uh, one thing at a time. And just yeah. like anything in business is one thing at a time. And once I learned that one thing, I was able to integrate the other thing. And, um, and de- lots of deep breaths at the piano, you know, because I was trying to get my fingers to do something they've never done before. And, and I didn't give up. That's the other thing too. Like I could have said, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't do this, but that, that wasn't in my mind. I was like, I know I can do this just one t- one step at a time. One step yeah. at a time. Yeah. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts and Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow, clients are important. Wow, relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. So for you, the 
biggest thing that helped you have the courage to take the step was, was the people around. Is there anything, if we were to slow down even more, that what would, is there a first step or is it hard to find that in all the blur of things? Like, what was the first step that allowed you to start moving in this integrated life? If there is one, just curious. Yeah, well, I, I think a large first step was creating content. Um, you know, uh, it was just starting to create stuff. And for me, that was recording music. Uh, and this took a while. And this is that, that you know, we're talking about integration. There's been a real journey for me, and you alluded to it a bit, but there's been a real uh, journey and evolution for me of blending the artistry and the, you know, the business. And, you know, that's been a, man, that's been a real journey. Like it's been awesome. And it's been a long journey. You know, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been walking this path for a while and, uh, and I think it's when I started, I started recording, I, I started recording videos and I started recording audio and I started recording stuff and kind of putting it out there. But when I first started making content where I was really cross-pollinated and I was blending both sides together, I was doing art, which is music um, and self-expression, and I was blending content in there. And so what I did was I made this album uh, and uh, it was it was originally called uh, Set Your Tone, which took on a few different names, right? And, the, and one of the keys here is one of my first mentors, Brian Poyer, always said, high involvement, low attachment. And that's been a mantra for me. That's been a beacon and a North Star for me over, over the years since I've coached with him. And uh, high involvement, low attachment. So when I started creating this content, which was previously known as Set Your Tone, uh, now like musical meditations, I started blending music, uh, you know, beats and flutes and saxophones and all of this stuff with spoken word, but it was very consciously engineered music. It wasn't just self-expression. It wasn't just me expressing myself and doing whatever I wanted to do. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but what I was doing was I was consciously engineering music that had a very specific purpose. It had an undercurrent of intentionality to it. This music was designed for other people to use as a tool to enhance the quality of their life. And once I got clear on that, again, it comes back to that gift that I was seeing my listeners open, right? Once I got clear on that, the music suddenly became so powerful and people started giving me the response that I was not getting for years before that with all this amazing art that I was putting out, you know? And suddenly people started saying, dude, I listened to that thing and it, and it like, it transformed my life. It gave me inspiration to do this, or I went back and did this, or I had this conversation with this person I haven't talked to in years or whatever it was. And there was the echo effect or ripple effect, right? I call right. it the echo effect of what I did then lived on through them, catalyzed something. And then they took that, that energy, that vibration and started spreading it to more people. Right. And once that intentionality was there, I got so clear about what it was. And I was looking at it as not just here's a piece of art that I'm going to self-express, but it's like, here's a piece of art that I'm going to create that is going to be a tool that has a strong intention to empower somebody, to uplift them, to be a, a amplifier for them. That it's, it's so beautiful. And so then you were able to build, take all of this. And so all of this, you know, power that you're bringing intention, yeah. put that into a product. So it's got this like win, 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 because now you're, 
right? I mean, like, let's just break this down. So now your audience is winning. They're getting more from their life. They're getting more from the product that you're releasing that already had good vibes and people are patting you on the back and saying, awesome show. And they would get that vibe. But now it's like actually changing their life. So the next level bar, plus then you're able to integrate that into your life to where now you're producing it once and many people are getting the effect of it. And it's also giving you the residual income so that you can sustain two things. One, more of your family life and two, grow and reach more people. Because, you know, I always say this, the more money that we have, good, if good people have more money, then they're going to do more good in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, money is just a tool. It's not, uh, it doesn't change. In fact, I think money, people say money is the root of all evil. I think money is more of an amplifier. The more money uh, you have, the more it shows your personality. So if you're an asshole, then it shows that you're a bigger yeah. asshole, <laughs> you know? So, so. That's a saying I have. I, I look at money as, uh, I call it a pers- personal essence amplifier. That personal essence amplifier. Yeah, it's right in line with what yeah. I've, I've noticed. So this is where collectively we come. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, that we're in line again. Like what? Um, yeah, Bronkar and I have an amazing relationship. And I, uh, you know, even just to speak to that, like we were at an event and, um, and you know, after, and I think you were speaking, right? Like, so you came off and then I, and then I was getting introduced by someone else that we mutually knew. And then we were just uh, looking at each other and I always look at people in their eye. Well, maybe I didn't always do that, but I definitely got more conscious of connecting with other human beings. So I'm looking right into Bronco's eyes. And then uh, he says to me, he said, why are you only looking into my left eye, my right eye? I think it was in my right eye. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell did you even notice that? Because so that means he was watching my eyes that much to see that I was directed to that. And I had just come out of a class that was teaching about hemisphere work and the, and the right and the left eye. And it was, it blew, blew me away. And we instantly connected. It was instantly. And I had just come out of a class doing the same thing. And it was like amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. No wonder that that happened. I mean, there's no coincidences. And then yeah. you'll notice, like, if you look in your life, the people that have really resonated with you, you know, they, they came in. And sometimes it's in a moment. You know, I've had amazing resonance with someone and I never see them ever again. But that moment was so important. And then other people like Bronker and I, like, we have that moment and then it, it builds this meaningful relationship. And, you know, uh, it's probably, I guess we're approaching like five years of knowing each other, which is crazy to say in some ways, because I feel like it was just yesterday that that happened, but then years have passed. And then on the flip side, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And so it's just, it's just, it's just amazing this. And I think this all just goes back to a willingness to follow our heart. Cause if, if I look at you, Broncar, and like we talk about courage and all those things that's there, but then you also were willing to listen to your heart. And I, I know I've denied that sometimes, you know, like I knew inside of me, like I wanted to do something or I felt like I should do it. And then my mind said, Oh, but people won't like that. Or, you know, that's not going to fit in with what I'm doing or what, what my employees or what my clients think. Um, and it was that outer thing and denying the inner voice. And I wonder, like, I'm sure you've probably gone through similar things like that before. Like, I, I mean, maybe can you explain how maybe you overcame that or, or, you know? Yeah, there's definitely the, uh, you know, everything to me is in like a spectrum or a ratio. It's not just black or white. I mean, there's a full, you know, rainbow spectrum for, for every situation, every decision, every, everything in life. And so there's definitely a spectrum for all people. And for me, definitely that there's, you know, I always think of it super cheesy, but I always think of you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away. No random run. You never count your money. 
When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. But you got to like follow. There's a certain, it's not like I always listen to this or I always just listen to that. And it's like, you know, cut or dry, black or white, yes or no. It's like, there's always a spectrum. And sometimes I'm listening to, to my inner voice. And sometimes my inner voice is like, not sure what's going on because I've got some personal block there, but I can bounce it off of my, my, my buddy, my comrade over here or my wife or my kid, you know, or um, there's like different, or maybe I need to go and exercise and work through it. Or, I mean, there's, there's just so many elements that are at play for any decision that, that I ever make, you know, in, in, in my life personally. You know, for me, there's definitely that listening to the inner voice or listening to the heart. And I think that really comes, for me personally, that's come from meditation and the power of cultivating the dialogue, being aware of the dialogue that's going on within the self, right? And so depending on, you know, if listeners right now are like, okay, he's getting into some hippy-dippy stuff right now. It's like, or maybe some people are like, yeah, I've been meditating for 20 years. And, you know, it's like, yeah, of course, that's like, you know, Second nature. It's of, of course that's what you do, but it's creating. Um, I like to make meditation accessible for all people, and um, and actually do some things that I call meditations that don't suck because it kind of breaks yeah. the stereotype of meditating. Where some people are like, "Oh man, that's total woo woo," and I'm like, "Dude, it's actually not. It's always a dude." Uh, but uh, but dude, yeah. it's actually not. Yeah. It's just having this awareness, and basically all you're doing is creating space inside of time. And you're just checking out to check in. And what you're doing in that, in that process is you're listening to your heart. You're listening to your mind. You're listening to the chatter. You're listening. You're reflecting on life and you're just getting that checkout to, to have a new perspective. And so the power of meditation for me is been game changing. I mean, absolutely game changing. And that's like, I mean, it, it can be as simple as, you know, taking a moment at the end of the day, right? At the end of each day. And I know one thing that you say, Steve, that I love is plan tomorrow today, which is beautiful. And to me, that's very similar to, to what I'm about to say, which is taking a few minutes at the end of the day before the next day, right? At the end of the day and, and just having a reflection and projection time, right? I call it the time traveler's journal. And so we just have a reflection and projection. And first we reflect and I do this almost every day, pretty much every day at this point where I reflect back on the day and I say, okay, uh, you know, and my wife and I actually do this together, Cindy and I, uh, you know, we say, okay, what were, what were three highlights from the day uh, with the, you know, with the, with connection with the boys or something, you know, or whatever it is. Yep, uh, yep. And, and so we reflect and we say, okay, this, this, and this, okay. Now, what was something that I'd like to improve upon? What was something that I was like, you know, kind of embarrassed about or that I didn't handle myself in the way that I thought I would. Um, and I know I'm getting far yeah, off from yeah, the original yeah. question, but this is about cultivating that skill that can be applied to that specific thing that we were talking about. I like it. No, this is important. Yeah. Okay. So, so then, then instead of right in that moment, instead of like just skimming over the thing that I was embarrassed by, I sit inside of that and I invite that, that uncomfortable moment into my mind because I'm embarrassed. You know, maybe I yelled at my kid or maybe I, or maybe I said that thing, you know, on the client call and, you know, with, when I was on the phone with the CEO and the board, you know, and I like, I, I went into like talking about myself too much or I, or I went in the wrong direction. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why didn't I just be silent and let them respond? You know, whatever that moment is. And I sit inside of that discomfort and I force myself to get comfortable inside of it. 
because I know that through that, that is the moment that defines the person that we're going to be tomorrow. When we can sit in that and we can extract because the lesson is going to surface. If we sit in that discomfort long enough, the lesson is going to surface. And once that lesson comes, you're like, oh, that's what I should have done. I can't believe it. And then you write it down and you say, I'm not going to, I'm not doing that again. Right. Instead of just skimming by and being like, I'm going to go drink a beer and forget about it. It's like, that's cool. You could do that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Okay. Whatever. But if you get comfortable in the discomfort, then the lesson will come. And then you integrate that, you write that down, you reflect on that. And then you project on the next day and you say, and I do this all the time. I write myself an email for the next day. And I say, this is what I'm going to do. And I chunk it out. I chunk it out. It's like business stuff up here. I'm going to do da, 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 da. Personal stuff here. I'm going to take care of my, my body, my energy, my mind, uh, and, and, and fathering, parenting down here. I'm going to make sure I connect with tickle time or I do the thing or whatever. And so I chunk it out like that. And then I'm projecting and I put that thing in there. When I have that client call, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. And once I get that, I'm projecting in the future that seeps its way into my subconscious when I go to sleep that night and it's in my inbox the next day. So I see those intentions, the projections for the next day. And then literally I'm transforming myself. I'm tomorrow. I'm going to be a different person than I was today because I've at least cultivated that one sense of awareness and that one tool that now I can implement into my, into my life. That's so beautiful, brother. And you're, you chunked it down into steps that you can integrate. And I love the idea of emailing yourself. I've never, I've emailed myself a few times, but just randomly. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can't forget yeah. that. You know? Um, and you know, I do plan tomorrow today and I, I have a, uh, you know, I do slightly variation of this, but the beauty of this, I just want to bookmark a few things that you said and just reinforce it. Number one, like I was definitely like, uh, thinking what I'm going to meditate. I definitely had a struggle to like first start, but now it's been over a decade. I've been meditating every day. And, uh, and I just recently started doing an end of the day mm. meditation. I had always done the morning one. I've done it a few times, but for the past four weeks, every day I've meditated when I, when I'm wrapping up my work time. And so I've actually been doing three a day, like a little five minute thing before I go to sleep. And then I do, uh, you know, depending, it's been varying, maybe like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes after I finish the quote unquote, like work exercises that I'm doing before I go and be with my family on days when, when I'm just, you know, on work mode or finishing a podcast like this, I would just center myself. So I love all of that. And the most important thing that I want to add to this is that when I started meditating, it was like actually giving myself permission to hear myself because before that I was so go, 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 go that I actually, there's so many good ideas and so much healing inside and so much learning going back to your reflection that if, if I didn't give myself that chance, then I would make the same mistake more than once. So what you just illustrated is a point-by-point method that, that we could all implement very easily in our life. And then we could actually increase our speed of learning and start having more of the life that we want, which is the whole point of this podcast is more business, more life. And so if we can have that reflection, it doesn't take long. Like you can do this in five or 10 minutes, like, you know, 10 minutes every day, you could have you know, uh, a good time to reflect and then, uh, and then be able to make new decisions the next day. So I think, um, I'm so glad that you went down that path because it's just, and some of these things I say, but then to hear the guests on my podcast reiterate it in a different way and you have different language about it, it just reinforces that we found this same path to yeah, heal us. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, 
It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's always a pleasure having you on this. And we have a few minutes left here. I'm just curious if if you if people are hearing you for the first time and maybe by chance this is the last time they hear you, which is not, there's lots of ways to go find Broncar. <laughs> and we can talk about we can talk about that in a second. But if this was the last time, like what would be the one piece of advice, especially around all this, like that you would give all the listeners if 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 they just got to hear this one piece of advice, what would be the number one thing you would like people to know? Man, that's tough, but yeah, that is. I know it's a big one. <laughs> I would say it's make sure that I would invite people. I would invite people to surround themselves with people that make them feel empowered and uplifted and inspired because that energy is going to transcend in everything the way you parent, the way you do business, the way you have client calls, whatever it is, you know, and having that tribe, man, really having a tribe of people, a community of people um, that you feel like have you in in, in their best interest. And then obviously you have them in, in their best interest. When I've aligned myself with those types of people, that's when I've really felt that, that my, my life has, uh, has been amplified. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And I so, so agree with you, brother, on the people we surround ourselves make us who we are. Like, it definitely matters. Um, and how how how, uh, how do people reach out? I know you're doing a lot of stuff with your music and you're doing amazing things for healing. Like, how can people get a hold of your music and get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, so the, the, the single call to action is um, Brain Beats Music. So Brain, B-R-A, B-R-A-I-N, Brain Beats music.com. Uh, so if you go to brainbeatsmusic.com, uh, I have uh, music available there. I've also got, you know, some other information and some, you know, other offerings that I have. Uh, but that's, uh, that's really where the big focus is. I got a lot of meditations, you know, guided visualizations and things like that. Consciously engineered music for, uh, to energize you for productivity, to get you in the zone for like emailing and like, you know, long form stuff you can put on in the background uh, to use, you know, music to me is such an underutilized tool. And so what I do is I create consciously engineered music that will enhance the quality of the listener's life, like we mentioned earlier. And that may be a a two-minute tune-up that's like a meditation that like revs you up before a big meeting, right? And I know you listen to this, you listen to Pick Me Up. Oh, I've done it. Yeah. I was just gonna say that I I've used this music and there's probably not a week that goes by this whole year, just to name this year, but I, even last year that I haven't used one of your pieces of music in my life, yeah. whether it's like, you know, during a, a workout or a yoga session or, and I'm talking workouts sometimes too, where I've been like, you yeah. know, doing, uh, working out with weights or whatever to empower me. And then other times when I'm just in my car about to go into a meeting and I just want that extra edge. And uh, there's different pieces of music, so and they're they're different, you know, and and um yeah, yeah. and so it is a gift that you're that you're giving because it definitely has changed my mood. And we all have moments like I feel like I'm a really positive person, but it doesn't mean that something might not get me down. And then by using yeah. what you've built, brother, seriously, and for everyone out there, I would definitely take go to Brain Beats. Um, music.com and, and, you know, see, see what it is for you, but there's so much there. There's something that's going to be there for you. And, and, uh, and I, and I so appreciate you brother, because, uh, as you gave me kudos for helping you in your life, you've done the same with me, like not only, uh, getting me excited about music 
in my life again and playing music, but also using music to change my state of being and, and, yes, and yes. bring more power essence to every moment and that I can change on a pivot. Like within two minutes of listening yeah. to something, I can yeah. change my thing. So you give that. And so it's, it's beautiful. And I would encourage yeah. everyone to go and, uh, and I don't, and Bronco doesn't pay me for this. I've just given it all to you. <laughs> Although maybe we should do something in the future, but no, but, uh, but it's, uh, but all, you know, all joking aside, like, no, it definitely, you've, you've made impact and I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful um, to have you in my life, brother, and to have you on this podcast and we can share these messages with others. It's been beautiful. So thanks for coming on the show, brother. Oh, for sure. And, and, and also, you know, when you say my music, I do, it is my music, but I almost feel like a, uh, like a, like it's not, I'm not attached to my music. It's like, it's not even me that creates it in a sense. I know that sounds really abstract, but I'm almost, I almost feel like I'm like a Paul Revere of music. Like I almost like my, my voice is to spread music and like remind people of their truth through music. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't even have an attachment to it. And that's why I like it so much. It's so fun for me because I look at music as like, you know, it's like, it's an amplifier for health and happiness. You know what I mean? And just so, yeah. So dude, I just, I just wanted to say, I, I'm not even attached to my own content. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You made it as a gift and you've given it away. And when you give a gift away, it's no longer yours. Yes. Thank you for articulating that. <laughs> that well, no, I, and it just came to me, brother. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have ever thought of it that way. I would think of it as Broncos music, but you have made it a part of my life. And you know what? It does feel like a part of my life. And so you truly have given it to me. So it's so, it's so beautiful. And I, I know that you're going to heal so many people's lives and um, just keep doing the good work that you're doing. It's, it's beautiful, brother. Thanks, man. <laughs> As always, man, thank you so much for being here. I know we all got to run because we squeezed it in. Thanks for being here, brother. I love you guys. Good to see both of you. Glorious faces and your glorious beard and your glorious naked baby face. There it is. All right. See you guys. Good night. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. Com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.